when I'm driving And I swear it's a show that I'm ready uh, I was tripping, you was tripping for the pilot Bring my bitch, beat me up while I'm driving And I swear it's a show that I'm ready what is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wits of Gallery Place podcast. Ferdinand Damo back on the show, and we're coming off a two and one Wizards week. They start off their eight game homestand, and they've they beat Orlando last week to get it started off. Well, two weeks ago, I should say. This past week, they were able to go two and one, beating the Thunder and then the Magic again before losing to the Trailblazers a couple nights ago. And we're going to get into all that. But before we get started, I just wanted to remind you guys, if you're not already subscribed, make sure that you are. Uh, leave us a five-star review. Leave us a comment if you have any questions, concerns, etc. You feel free to DM me. My DM's always open. At least I think it is. Uh, but Damo, my friend, how are you after this? Two-in-one week and on this Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Good, man. I got to get some much-needed rest. Uh, and uh, I, I, I saved myself from the, the the headache of that Wizards-Portland game. I, this is the first game this year that I decided I'm just going to skip. Yeah. Um, I, I, looked at the, I looked at the box score and I saw Raul Neto had five turnovers in 19 minutes, and I just decided I'm not going to subject myself to that torture. Well, you're a better man than me, because I sat through the entire thing um, up until the, the late fourth quarter when I was like, okay, there's like, they actually made a little bit of a push in the fourth quarter because you saw how close it was at the end. Um, it wasn't that close all game. They were beating us by a good like 15 points, I felt like, for most of the game. Uh, fought back for a little bit at the end, but <clears throat> per usual, when you in the fourth quarter and you decide that you want to start playing uh more times often than not that's not going to work in uh, your favor so the result is proper for that game and the way they came out and played um pat delaney's first game as an acting head coach and i'm not going to beat up delaney um i'm i'm holding the the players more accountable for that because i feel like if if you see anthony simons making three or four threes in the first quarter i feel like as players, you could say, well, let's maybe try and do a better job of executing our defensive game plan then. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to – and the turnovers and the, just the, the self-inflicted stuff, I'm not beating up coaching for that. Uh, I know it's, a, it's an easy scapegoat for people to go to, uh, but, but the, when assistants take over for games like these, it's still the head coach's game plan. It's not like the the assistant coach gets free reign to to do whatever he wants to do to form his own game plan. Now he can make his own adjustments in game, obviously, um, but it's not going to be anything major. It'll be like the <clears throat> the tiniest adjustments that odds are before the game have already been discussed. So not going to beat up Delaney for it. This is definitely a player thing. Um, but before we get into that game, let's just kind of. Go back and we can talk about the, the good stuff for this week. Now, it's becoming a trend now where we just can't beat bad teams. It's It always has to be like a nail-biter or whatever, for whatever reason. Um, but we did beat the Thunder and the Magic. Do you have any thoughts on any of those two games from this past week? Yeah, I mean, it's it's always a nail-biter, right? Like, And I think that's because they don't, 
they don't do the two most important things in basketball or this era of basketball at a high level um, consistently. They don't shoot the three well uh, consistently, and they don't guard the three-point line well enough consistently. Um, so it that they're going to go as those two things go for them. Like, I, 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 last I looked at it, they were like 15 and four when they shoot league average from three point range. Um, and so it's like, it's once again, like, it seems like no matter the opponent, they're either going to be horrible from three, you know, they're going to go, you know, eight for 39, or they're going to shoot, I don't know, 45, 50% from three. Uh, they're either going to, allow a team to hit 15, 16 threes on them, or they're going to hold a team to like eight threes, under 10 threes. Um, and it just seems like, it, 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 like I said, it doesn't matter the opponent. Um, and it's just, it's just one of those things where every game for them is going to be close because, like I said, they don't do the two most important things right now in, in this era uh, consistently. So I, I would expect pretty much some of the same this afternoon against Philly. <clears throat> and yeah, I know you didn't watch this Portland game, so not we don't have to spend too much time. Well, we actually probably don't have to spend any time on it. I don't want to talk about that crap anyway. Let's move on to some positives player-wise that we've kind of seen lately. I really wanted to talk about Corey Kispert for a second. And... You know, I really thought that at the beginning of the season he would be kind of the the odd man out in the rotation just because he's a rookie and all that. And ideally, we upgraded our shooting a decent amount. Um, So I really didn't see a spot for him in the rotation. But his release to his three-point shot has basically changed overnight, which is really, really odd. Um. And his in-between game is has been great, and that's been good all season, his off-ball movement. He's now kind of one of the guys, I think, where you have to find a way to get him minutes, and he's not going to be a starter when everyone's healthy, and I get that. Um, but he's still a guy that I think you need to try and, and find a way to play, you know, or, or 15 to, to 20 minutes a night now. Yeah, I mean, I was just looking at his last uh, – shout out to Bullets Forever for this one, but his last 16 games, he's, his shooting split is 47-40-91. I mean, he's damn near 50-40-90 the last few weeks. Um, I mean, that's what you want. Like, you know, a ready-to-go three, uh, you know, three-point shooter that can just kind of bone. You know, imagine that you draft a guy that know how to shoot on draft day, and uh, you're not you're not praying that he adds a jump shot. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we all knew Kispert was gonna gonna figure it out. Um, you know, he had to get accustomed to the speed of of closeouts in the NBA. It's a lot quicker um, than being at Gonzaga, and then he had to get a little bit more arc on his shot. You know, his his arc was uh, was low. He had a flat shot, so. Um, he made an adjustment, and now he's shooting like how we kind of expected him to shoot. Yep. Um, so I know that I just said he's not a starter, but I want to ask you the question. When everyone's healthy, he's not the starter. 
But when Beal comes back, should he be a starter? And I guess the only way to do that would be to to take KCP out and put Kispert in. And I know we've talked several times, and I'm under the belief that they're not going to bench KCP just because of the whole relationship, veterans, and seniority type thing. But I think that it's worth considering. Gives you a little bit more size. He may not be as good of a defender as KCP, but I feel like maybe, I don't know, maybe fit-wise what this team needs right now. Maybe the team needs like a, a Corey Kispert in the starting five. Yeah, I feel like I feel like KCP's defense is is a little oversold. Like I haven't been that impressed with it. Like he's a he's a solid vet. Um, you know, he makes kind of like timely steals and 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 vet plays. Um, but his man to man defense is not all that to me. Like I, I he gets regularly cooked, in my opinion, and he gets beat back door a lot too because he's over aggressive. Um, so. Yeah, I don't. It's hard to say it's Kispert a starter because it's like I asked that question about like everybody on this team, with the exception <laughs> yeah, of you. <Bill>. Yeah. <laughs> like, like what? What is a like? What is a starter? Like a guy that you know is going to show up every night and on both sides of the ball. Like, I, who is a starter on this team other than Bill? Like, who's the lone all star? Um, I mean, I could make a case that nobody really is. Maybe Kuzma. Like, I think is probably a lot at power forward right now, um, but. Other than that, like all these guys, it's no, it's no guarantee that you're 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 locked in as a starter. To, in my opinion, nobody has played at that that level. Um, so yeah, if Kispert um, end up being a starter by years end, that wouldn't shock me. He's a little bit, he's a bigger than he's bigger than KCP. Um, I think he shoots it more consistently than KCP. He's not as volatile. Uh, you know, and he's a better in-between player. You don't have to worry about him dribbling it off of his leg or trying to turn into Devin Booker, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. his shot clock. Like, he, he just moves the ball, man. He doesn't get in anybody's way. Like, he, he knows who he is as a player, and he does not play outside of that. And there's value in that, man. That's a, that, that is a talent, in my opinion, knowing who you are and playing within that and just playing your role, man. Um, I think the Wizards could use some more – Corey Kispers on this roster. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we touch on the center position, what have been your thoughts on Rui so far? I know it's a very short sample size, same with Bryant, but just based off what you've seen so far, um, uh, the only thing I'll say is I feel like he's not getting enough touches when he's in, but I realize when you bring a guy back, you're not going to run sets for them every time down the floor like Scott Brooks would yeah. do. So I get it in a sense, but when he's in, I feel like they're not utilizing the like his best skill set which is in that high low post area get him his mid-range shots i feel like they're not really making that a priority and i think to get the most out of him you need to kind of have that balance of okay we're not going to completely take the ball away from everyone else but we do need to get this guy acclimated in some aspect yeah because like his rookie year they ran plays for him like that mid high post he was getting a lot of mid-range jumpers um, and then he was running. We ran a lot, so he was able to get transition points. And then the second, his second year, he had Russ, and so Russ, they kind of put him in that dunker spot, and Russ was just finding him, getting easy dunks, easy dunks, um, and finishing at the rim, which he's really good at. This year, with him coming back in the middle of the season, not in shape really, just kind of figuring it out, you can see that they're not running plays for him, and then you really don't have like a penetrating passing point guard 
to kind of like find him for those easy dump offs at the rim. So he's just kind of just figuring it out, man. Like I, I just think it's going to take some time for him to to get accustomed to the speed again, get accustomed to running up and down and and the, and the closeouts and his touch. Uh, with his jump shot, but I mean, from from everything I've heard, like he's looked good in practice. So I, I'd imagine at some point it'll transition to the game, man. You know, his because he can really shoot the ball. Um, you know, so I, I'm not worried about him. I just want him to just just play and just kind of get his win back under him and get the speed, get accustomed to the speed again. I think he'll be fine. Yeah, I think so too. Um, let's talk about the center position because that seems to. And as I figured it would, but it's more controversial than it was the day before. And, um, you know, and Thomas Bryant comes back and he didn't look great uh, the other night, but he can play more than 10 minutes. And I've, I've said this time and time again. And even when Gafford started playing well, and I was, I was kind of, I wasn't trying to be a Debbie Downer. I'm just, I'm trying to be realistic about what I saw from Gafford and what I think the the player he can be right now is. And I still haven't seen that. Like, and, and he's better in spots. Like, it's not, it's not automatic that he's going to get a quick two, but it's pretty damn close. And for me, you're starting center, and I get it sometimes it happens when you go against you, but when you're going up against any center that is average to great, I shouldn't be thinking in my head already before the tip is up that you're going to be out of the game in three minutes because you don't know how to stop fouling, because you can't get a position, because you're undisciplined. I, I shouldn't have to be thinking yeah. all those things every time we go against the it doesn't matter if it's Nurkic, it doesn't matter if it's um, Embiid, Joker, whoever. And I get it. Th- those, are, those are tough guards. I get it. But again, it's not just them. It's like the, the, the average centers, the guys who aren't even aggressive that will get him in. The only guy who I feel like, only good center I feel like who he hasn't fouled, uh, hasn't gotten two quick fouls against is Vucevic. And that's because all he wants to do is sit outside and shoot jumpers. Anyone that wants to, anyone that wants to play in the post or do their work on the inside, it's two quick fouls for Gafford, and he's out of the game. And it's going to get to a point where I, I mean, I don't want to have to do a three center rotation anymore, but I feel like it's probably going to be heading in that direction. And that's before a trade. And after a trade, well, what are we going to do if someone gets two fouls? We're just going to put Kuzma at the five. I mean, I think. That's not the worst thing ever. I mean, I, I could get behind that, but um, I feel like eventually we're going to have to have the conversation. Should Thomas Bryant go back into the starting five? And I don't want to have to have that conversation. I mean, I do because I'm a Bryant fan. And again, I've said countless times, I think he's still the most skilled and talented center on the roster, but I don't like having to change starting fives unless it's for injury purposes. I don't like having to shuffle lineups around. I think that you want to try and keep things as consistent as you can, but it's kind of getting to the point for me where there may not be another option if, if he can't stop fouling. Yeah, so I'm just looking here like the Wizards are 13-4 and four when Gafford plays at least 23 minutes. Um, and I think that's a kind of a snapshot of kind of what you're talking about. Like, he has to he has to start games with the mindset that 
I got to play 30 minutes. I'm going to be a 30-minute center tonight. And you can't be a 30-minute center if you didn't pick up two fouls in the first three minutes. Like it's and, it, and I think it's something that teams come into it knowing, like, we're going to attack him because we know he's going to jump for everything. And once he jumps, we got him. Foul. Yep. You might get your shot blocked. You might get your shot blocked a couple times, right? And that's fine. We'll live with that. Uh, because a lot of times when he blocks the shot, we don't get the we don't even get the weak side rebound and we give up a bucket any damn way. Right. So <laughs> so you might get your shot blocked, but if we get him in foul trouble early, then that means we get Montrez Hurl pick and roll defense. And that's what we really want. Right. Uh you know, uh because Montrez ain't gonna get in foul trouble because Montrez ain't even gonna try to contest the shot. Like <laughs> he just gonna let you get the damn layup. Um, so, you know, it, it's a, it's an issue. The problem is, I don't know that the Wizards have a better alternative right now. Like Thomas Bryan is still trying to get acclimated back into, you know, game shape and stuff. Trez is who he is. Like he's going to, he's going to get a layup and he's going to give up a layup. Um, so you kind of, you kind of are kind of stuck with Gafford, uh, and just hope that he gets better. I mean, he's 23. He's just got to get better, man. He's—it's really—it's really that simple. He's got to be smart and understand. And I think he knows it because he said it multiple times. Like, I have to be on the floor. I can't be on the floor if I'm picking up early fouls. Well, um, you know, but I—but I, I will say this, in in somewhat of a defense to him, the guards' defense sucks. Yes, yes. And if you're gonna let your man blow by you every time down. And expect Gafford to be, you know, Rudy Gobert and just clean up every mistake on the perimeter, then that's not fair to him because he's not Rudy Gobert. Um, so the the guard point of attack defense needs to be better. Like Dinwiddie defense has been garbage this year. Uh Bill defense has been better than it was last year, but it still needs to be better. Uh, KCP even like he gets beat a lot on back doors and then now Gaffer has to come over and help and it's nine out of ten times it's a foul like the guys on the perimeter got to be better than what they are um, and I think if that happens you know that would help Gafford out um, but it's it's a it's a relationship between you know uh, dribble penetration from the guards and then and then help defense from Gafford being able to contest without fouling. I just think they're just they're just both bad right now. Yeah, I definitely agree. And it's not all his fault, right? Like I think one of the biggest things that I said when we used to beat up on Thomas Bryant's interior defense uh, a couple years ago or whenever that was, or it may have been last year. Um but uh no it was two years ago because he didn't play last year. Yeah, it was two years ago, yep. Um, but one of my biggest things was how can you expect him to clean up literally every single thing when every time a guard or a wing catches the ball, they're at the rim a second later. Like, you know, there there's some things that the center can't do, you know, that they can't cover yeah, up. I mean you had a you had a backcourt you had a backcourt of Isaiah Thomas and Bradley Beal. Like you giving up I mean dribble penetration it, it just there you giving it up to everybody. Right. Like you can't expect Thomas Bryant to stop that. Right. Like I'm just you know, and it and it's some of the same issues this year. I think until the Wizards get real about 
you know, defense on the perimeter, it's hard for me to just pin it all on the big man because we've seen this for how many years now? Like, we saw it with Gortat. You know, we blame Gortat because John Wall would would try to gamble and reach around for a steal, and then he gives up an easy, you know, driving lane, and then Gortat got to step over and play help. Yeah. You know, we, we've seen this same script, like, they just got it. They got to be better, man. They got to be better at the point of attack. Sure. And so I, I, I don't, I try not to beat Gafford up for that kind of stuff because that stuff isn't his fault. But with Gafford, a lot of the stuff is it's self-inflicted um, for him with me, you know, with the, the turnovers, when he puts the ball low to the ground, like you are six foot 10, six foot 11, dude, you hold that ball to your chest or you hold it high above everyone where no one else can grab it. Um, so that's one yeah, of the things level, even if he shoulder level man and pivot with that elbow out and dunk on somebody <laughs> there's no need for him to do a gather step or a gather dribble like it's so dumb yeah <laughs> it's so dumb yeah. and then you, you make it you turn yourself into a five foot nine guard when you do that and then the, he tries to recover really quick because like I've said countless times he is He's very athletic, but he is not very quick. Um, he's very slow, and especially with his lateral movement, which is, to me, the most important movement on defense, and he has about zero of that. And when he gets beat, he tries to recover, but then when he recovers, his, his body is, is so massive, and it carries so much momentum into guys that it's, it's going to be a foul every single time once he tries to, to get someone from the side or he's trailing behind someone like those are easy fouls for guys to pick up. So, um, look, I'm I'm not going to make this, uh, anti Gafford conversation because I like Gafford. I do. I just don't think he's a starting center, at least not right now. And look next year, he's still making one point something mil, I think. So he still has another season to get right before that contract kicks in. And we have to start expecting a little bit more, but I mean, for me, if if Thomas Bryant still looks it looks better and better as he keeps playing, I mean, I'm considering making that change. I know we're going to lose a bit on the defensive end, and I and I get it. But to me, I, I want the guy who can be out there the longest to be my starter. Yeah, it's just like, what are you going to – like I say, I, I don't know who the hell the starter is because we know Trez can't be a starter. I mean, we don't have a starter. Uh, I mean, I – I think Bryant is a starting center, but I think it would have to be like on a team like the the Milwaukee Bucks, where you have like defensive guards and and size and and the in the front court. Like I feel like yeah. he could be a starter there, but for a team like us, like you know, yeah, it's like we we need like a for as bad as our guard def- guards are and wings are defending, like we need like a Rudy Gobert at the rim, and I don't think any big is going to live up to that here. Right. Like it's just. That's just a high expectation to live up to. Um, I mean, shoot, you just you seen the Jazz. I think they were like one and four, one and three the last few games they that Gobert missed and they had the worst defense in the league. You know, because the guards giving up all types of penetration. And, you know, you got Hassan Whiteside at the rim who's who's lazy. You know? Um Woody Gobert comes back and then all of a sudden it's like train back in motion. They got a top ten defense again. So, but we can't expect that out of Gaffer. Not at age twenty three, man. Like it's just he's got he's got some things to learn. I think my issue with him is offensively, like you said, he brings the ball down too much. And then on the de- defensive side, when he is when he is guarding guys straight up, he he jumps too easily 
and then he he leans his body into guys similar to what Denny does. Like like just put your arm straight up, man. Like you don't have to lean into him. Um, and then it's like when you lean into him, they still have enough body control to get the shot up and make it. So you give it up and ones. It's like if you're gonna foul, you need to foul. Like you need to knock somebody on their ass and make them go make two free throws. Like I feel like we might lead the league in, in opponent and ones, man. <laughs> yeah, that's a possibility. Um, okay, moving on to games for this week. So the Wizards play four. Until the next time we talk, it'll be Philly later today. Then they play Brooklyn, Toronto, and then Boston. Or it's the other way around with um, Brooklyn and Toronto. I forget. But those are the four opponents we play this week. They're all at home. I'm going to let you go first this week. What do you got for predictions? We'll start with uh, the Sixers game later today. Depends on if we get Beal back, man. Like, Let me see if they posted uh, anything real quick but while we're doing this. <laughs> we can we can do that thing where it's like if Beal plays, you'll give him a win. If he doesn't, then you'll call it a loss. Um, let me see if they posted anything. Okay, they haven't posted anything yet, so we don't know. But um, yeah, What do you want to call uh, it? I think, I think I'm going to go loss here. They, the Wizards dropped back to 500. Either way, um, even if Beal doesn't play, or even if Beal does. I'm going to say even if Beal does, because I just think right now the defense is just so bad. Like, it's so bad. And they keep – they won't they – won't, they haven't yet shown that they want to make any, any changes to the rotation. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with a loss on this one. Okay, I'm going to go win just because. Um, I, w- I was thinking about it, and I'm just going to go with a win anyway. And um, I think that maybe, hopefully, I don't know, probably too much wishful thinking, but I'm hoping that they'll be a little irritated after the way they played the other day and uh, make up for it with, uh, with a win today. So I'll go win. Um, Brooklyn. That's with no KD or Kyrie. Um, you might even get him with no Harden if he's resting. Um, so I'm gonna put that as a W. Because hmm. who's their starting five right now? Pat James Harden, Patty Mills. They really didn't have a good bench to begin with. Like their really only like good bench player was Patty Mills, but now he's starting. <laughs> Patty Mills could easily cash out with like five, six threes on you, and that changes everything. Yeah. Um, I'll go into why not? Um, okay, Toronto. This one's tough. I, this is a tough one. Because Toronto, they always play. They always play you tough, man. They always play above their heads. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go W, man. I'm gonna go W on that one. They need to win that one. I have a win down as well. And then, okay, so here's the... Has Boston beaten us this year? Or are we split? I think it's split. I'm not sure. Because we played twice, right? Yeah, I think we played them twice. I think it's split. Let me, let me double check here. 
So I know we beat them the first time we played. I can't remember what happened the last time. Uh, so we've played them. Oh, no, they haven't beaten us this year. We've beaten them both times. Okay, so rule of averages, I'm going to get Boston to win. Although Boston is so bad this year. But I feel they've like they've been winning some games lately, but I mean it hasn't been against no good opponents, but they've been winning some games lately. Um, we'll get a Tatum masterclass that game. Yeah. I'll go loss against Boston. I think I'm gonna put that as loss just because we beat them the other two times. So like you say, averages <laughs> they'll they'll beat <laughs> us this time. Okay, so you got them going two and two. I got them going three and one this week. Um, would be nice if they could get another three out of four. Um, I think I, I would take that for the homestand. I mean, you, you got to be okay with that. So, um, anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here today? So, let, let me let me let me ask you this first. Um, since we're since we're so close, do you think Bradley Beal deserves to be an All Star? And I'm not talking like uh, you know the, the the name and like the hot names and all that. I get how the All Star voting works. I get it. But based off talent, how the season has gone, do you think he deserves to be an All Star? It's tough, man, because I view it as like, okay, has Bradley Beal been a top six guard in the East? No. And for me, I think I think it's like it's like right there because I'm like, okay, you got you got Levine. They're putting DeRozan as a guard, even though he's played mostly power forward this year. Um, so we'll just count we'll count DeRozan. So we go Levine, DeRozan. Uh, you got Harden, Trey Young. Um, you got Trey Young, but they're they're like a eleven seed, you know, twelve seed, and he has like the worst defense in the NBA. The same the same point that was made by Wiz fans for why Bill shouldn't make it when he was averaging thirty a game. Fair, right? Fair. So we gotta be consistent. <clears throat> we gotta be consistent with that, right? So uh so yeah, but we'll count Trey. We'll count Trey. So we got we got Levine, DeRozan, Trey, Harden. Those four are probably a stamp. Then are you going Fred Van Viet, who I think is who's he been shooting the leather off the ball? Then you got Garland, you got Lamelo, and then I think Beal. I think Beal has been better than Garland and Lamelo. Like I don't think the Cavs are good enough to get two all-stars. Like, I think if you're getting two all-stars, you need to be a top three seed in the conference. Who else is getting it? And, uh, Mobley? Oh, it would be Allen. Jared Allen would be the all-star. I oh, mean, really? he's been the best player on that team. Oh. Yeah, like, yeah, he's been the best player on that team this year. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think the Cavs have been good enough to be you know, I think they're what, like a five or six seed right now? They've been dropping the last few games. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't think they should get two All-Stars. Because then it's like, okay, well, if, if they're getting two All-Stars, then shouldn't Drew Holiday get in with, with Giannis? Uh, so, yeah, I, 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 it's close. 
It's close. Uh, but I, I think Brad narrowly gets in. Narrowly gets in. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on it because I'm not sure that we don't really ha- – I mean, we don't really have the team results because we're still a playing team. And then, I mean, he started off the season so bad, I feel like. Because if he had been yeah, – he was horrible. Like the, <laughs> the start of the year. The past 15 games or whatever, I don't know exactly the number on that, but he's been playing much better lately. And I feel like if we'd gotten that all season, the number one, we're not a 500 team. And number two, he's probably a Sherlock to, to be an all star. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, but it's just, it's one of those seasons where it's like, you know, the, the fifth seed. Through the through our seed, the nine seed was separated by three games. I know it's wild. It's wild. It's it's not you know like it's not like you know when we when you say the Wizards are a nine seed, it it kind of makes it like you know like we're ten games back of of Philly, <laughs> and it's not really like that. Like if they win this game tonight, they would move within two games of Philly. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not like you know. St- it's a bunch of teams that have kind of just ran away with the conference. So uh, that's why I say like no team really in the East to me deserves two all-stars other than the Bulls and the Nets. That's it. Everybody else, you probably going to get one all-star and it's just like, okay, who's the best player on your team? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can just go down the list on that. Like, because it's like, okay, if Beal isn't an all-star, well, shit, should Trey Young not be one? They're a 12th seed. Should Jason Tatum not be one? They're an 11th seed. Oh, yeah, I guess. Are they counting Jalen Brown as a guard or a forward? They have Jalen Brown as a guard. Yeah. Mm. yeah it's tough. Um, I guess, one, we can sort of continue the trade talk, I guess, before we get out of here, but... I mean, we don't have to keep this too terribly long, but I think you and I are both probably in agreement at this point that, you know, and you said before we got on here, we have a decent enough sample size to get to to understand what this team is at this point. Um, we were kind of holding out hope that maybe to an extent they could just start playing better again. And um, they show it in spots, but it's not enough to say that I, I, you know, we're going to be able to see what we saw at the beginning of the season again. I don't think that's possible. So if you want to remain competitive and you're serious about keeping Beal, you got to make a, a move or two and they got to be significant. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to me, like, I, I keep going back to this, like, you know, this front office, like since I've been a fan of this team, they failed to properly build around their star for decades. And so the notion that in a rebuild, they're going to all of a sudden learn how to build around a star again, I'm not sold on that. Like, if we're trading Bill and we're starting all over again, you know, you, hopefully you find a player as good as, Bill, as, good as Bill or better you got to go pay him a max and then you're going to have to build a roster around them. You're going to have to be willing to go make that risky trade. You're going to have to be willing to go over the luxury tax. 
And if you can't do it around, you haven't shown you could do it around Gil. You haven't shown you could do it around Wall. And now you haven't really shown you could do it around Beal. And it's it just seems like these guys, they play here till, you know, long enough where, you know, they go from hero to villain. And I feel like the 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 frustration is not placed properly on this organization as a whole in the front office as far as the lack of moves that they're willing to make to really try to build a a, a, a consistent winner. Because it's like for me. If you need a Giannis or a LeBron for you to win 50 games, then what are we doing? What are we doing, man? Yeah. Like, that just means that you're not a good front office. That means you're poor at drafting. That means you're poor at free agent acquisition. And you're poor at trades. Mm -hmm. I think that, like, Tommy for me has been, like, decent at those things but he's not like a he's not a home run hitter you know what i mean like he's not someone who's gonna make the the big move now granted we got the the westbrook and and wall which is a blockbuster deal but it's not something that drastically improved the team it all the moves that he's made have been under the radar or have been lateral and that goes to drafting too because how much better can you say that Rui, Denny, and Kispert have, you know, are going to make this team. You know, I'm not saying they're not good players. I'm not saying that, but you know what I mean. I mean, they're role players, man. Yeah. Like, 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 let's. They're role players, man. They're nice rotation pieces, but like, those are those are singles and doubles. I give the Russell Westbrook trade a triple, but at some point, you got to hit some home runs, man. Yeah, you got you got to hit some home runs, and I'm just like this organization for decades has shown an inability to hit a home run. You know, they they when it when it's time to hit a home run, they typically strike out. Mm-hmm. Um and then and then we get frustrated as fans and then we blame the best player. Um as to why he can't lead, you know, a, a team full of average players to 50 plus wins. And I'm just like, well, they're not LeBron. <laughs> like, cause that's the that's the only guy I've seen take a bunch of mediocre players to fifty plus wins and go on a deep playoff run. Right. You know. So, or, or, or Allen Iverson. You know, if you want to count that too. Um, but yeah, like you just gotta you gotta increase the talent, uh, talent here, and I just don't know that the Wizards are are. <laughs> really shown the ability to do that. Like, I, I, I'm i still waiting. And it's frustrating because since there's not really a real answer, because like you were saying, what's the point in rebuilding if we can't build around anyone? But then also it's like, well, what's the point of keeping Beal if we can't win and, and make the big move? So it's like we're kind of in this purgatory what? phase and there's nothing more <laughs> telling than that than the than the 500 record and it's – we're left with we have no idea what direction the team should go in, and that's why the fan base is sort of so divided because I'm, I don't think that any one answer is the right answer. Now, I would prefer to to keep trying to win um, <clears throat> just because naturally I want my, my team to win. I'm not anti-Beal or anything like that. I get there's people that are, and I understand why they're frustrated with him. I get it, but... Um, 
You know, I feel I mean, they were frustrated with Wall too. <laughs> like it's the same, yeah, the same old song, right? Yeah. <laughs> like it was all it, it became all about what Wall couldn't do. Wall didn't get a jumper. Wall turnovers. Wall playing hero ball. It was all of that, you know. And then and then we move on to Bill, and it was it was good times for a little bit, and now it's all about what he can't do. And I'm just like, at some point, like, you know, I I laugh when when they had like uh. It was an interview that Bill did, and and he was saying they were asking him who the who's the best player you've played with outside of John Wall, and he just gasped and was just like, man, you know, it might be. He's like, man, I don't know, man. It was just like, it was like, I think it might be Gortat, and it's just like that's sad to me. Like that, that's sad to me. Yeah, and it's like now, as fans, we're like we're expecting. Dinwiddie off ACL, Trez a six man to be this catalyst to to fifty wins, and I know it started that way, you know, with the ten three run. But I'm just like, we got to be real. Like these guys aren't all stars; they're solid, you know, high level six man of the year type players. But they're not all star level players. And it's, to me, until you put another all star level player next to Beal. It's hard for me to look at this roster and be like, yeah, I, ex- I expect 50 wins in a second round appearance. Like, they don't have a roster for that. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm still leaning. Well, I was leaning Eric Gordon originally. And I still think that that would be a move that I would heavily favor if they can find another home for Dinwiddie, if they can if they want to run Beal at point, that's something that I'd be for. But if we're talking about acquiring talent to play next to Beal out of their realistic targets, I think it still has to be Sabonis. And I don't really know who else fits that bill that would be available that we can acquire with the pieces that we have. Yeah, I just think, you know, we're going to keep holding on to kind of like our mediocre talent, expecting them to take another level. And my question is, what happens if they don't take that, go to that next level? Mm-hmm. Are we going we going to blame Bill for that, too? Right. Or are we going to just be like, damn, you know what? We we expected Denny to get a left hand in, in, a, in a three ball. We expected Rui to get a three ball and, and play consistent defense. And it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So we got what we got, and we had an opportunity to move those guys before the rest of the league figured out that they weren't all that, and we didn't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, so like I, it's tough, man. I know when you draft a guy, you kind of it's like it's the unknown box, the mystery box. You you think every kid you get is going to be a future all star and a future high level key piece, and it's like it doesn't always work out that way, like. Troy Brown, what happened? You know, we were we were turning our nose up at trading Troy Brown because he was so young and he had so much potential, you know. And you know, we traded him for you know Gaffer and some and some potato chips, man. Otto Porter was <laughs> so, taking three overall. Look what we traded Otto Porter for guys that aren't even on the yeah, roster. You, so. you end up moving. You basically salary dumped <clears throat> Otto Porter. Yeah. And, and and if we look in that just skill set. Otto Porter was probably the most skilled out of the guys. Like if if you if you had a young Otto Porter here right now and you compared him to Rui, Denny, Kispert, 
uh, Gafford. You would probably say Otto Porter is the most skilled out of them from a from a three and D scoring standpoint. Yeah. Um, and look what happened with him. <laughs> so, so I, I just think we got to be real about you know this roster and 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 move accordingly. Um, before it's too late, you know, because then then we're gonna move on to the next star. And then we're going to pay him, and then we're going to be like, oh, well, he ain't worth a max because he can't win 50 games. And then it's, it's going to be the same cycle. I'm going to be 50 years old, and the Wizards still haven't won 50 games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it's like the same old thing, man. All right. <clears throat> Anything else you got before we cut this? Nah, that's all I got, man. Hopefully they get a win today, but I'm not banking on it. Yeah, me neither, but I put it in anyway, probably because I'm a schmuck, but all right, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for listening again. If you're not already subscribed, make sure you subscribe for us, rate us five stars. DM's always open if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, and we will see you next time. I'm